Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online Show. Hard to believe we're midway here through the month of June. Uh, lots going on though. Opening headlines here as Steve Sipple, Robin Washett join me and we'll later be joined by Abby Barmore. Big show for Abby, guys. We're, we're going to um, talk a lot of women's athletics uh, as it's been a monumental week. Uh, for Nebraska with some big mm. players slash coaches coming back home. Um, and we'll get into that next segment. But I, I want to start off with football. Another intense week uh, of camps at Nebraska. Uh, more offers going out. And, you know, the staff off the road now with satellite camps. Um, so a lot of official visitors making their way in this week. Next week still will be the bigger of the two weekends. Okay. Um, but you will have a fairly significant in-state visitor this week, and we'll talk about that more too. Uh, Michael Burt from Creighton Prep, um, who's at Iowa as well, um, last week. So that that's one to watch. Um, but the camps this weekend, I think what really jumped out, and I thought Brian Munson on Husker Online did a great job of breaking this down, um, a lot of new offers going out at Nebraska's camp. There were over 10 new offers um, that went out for Nebraska at camp. And that is not the norm. I mean, especially when you see like six of those offers being for the class of 2024, oh, yeah. uh, which tells you they're not just looking at young kids. Like they're bringing in guys, giving them an opportunity and giving offers to guys in the class of 2024, which really isn't the norm in today's power five camp world. What? So why, why is that happening? Because usually you do a lot of your homework so early that, you know, you, you already have your guys offered and targeted at and this, this staff point. wasn't here until November, December. And, and this staff has done their homework and have guys targeted, but they're open to adding new guys to the recruiting board. And, you know, I, I look you at go. like Jake Peters from Cedar Falls, Iowa, mm-hmm. um, interior lineman. They offered him at the camp as an offensive lineman for 2024. 20, uh, uh, they brought in, and Robin, you saw him, Derek Brown Jr., mm-hmm. um, Charlotte native, but he's had Avon Old Farms. Um, which is a prep school. That's where Casey Rogers went to school. And you got to watch him, right? Yeah, uh, immediately jumped out. I mean, he was one of those guys is like, this guy looks like an incoming freshman already. And so, like, you're getting those types of players that, you know, just, just kind of hearing the, his backstory, you know, he was starting to get real heavy interest from, you know, Penn State and Rutgers. Uh, so, I mean, he's a, a legitimate power five level prospect that was just now getting onto the radar. And so I think that's kind of the real value for these camps and the offers that are going out is they're, they're guys that are on Nebraska's radar, but they're like, there might be fringe guys that they don't know if they're offer worthy. You get them on campus, you get the measurables, you see them in person. And that's kind of your defining point. It's, it reminds me a lot of like the AAU circuit in basketball mm-hmm. where coaches know about a guy, you know, they, they've, they've heard about him. They've seen his highlights, but they want to see him in person before they give out that offer. And so I think getting these camps, bringing in all these prospects, to Lincoln to see them work out on the field with their own eyes. That's kind of the defining point of whether or not a guy is actually an offer player or if he's just someone they're going to keep on the back burner. And then they offered uh, offensive lineman out of Colorado as well for 2024, Landon Davidson from Broomfield, Colorado. You know, and I think the question with a lot of these guys now is, you know, who's going to come in for visits? Um, who's got a committable spot? Because yeah. some of these are offers where they're kind of holding them back. And they may not let them take an official visit until things clear up on their board because they do have lines in the water. And that is the challenge of the month of June. You're, you're bringing in guys, and the guys you bring in are the guys you want. It's really cut and dry. If you're not getting June official visits, you're generally not a high-priority prospect. If you're not visiting a campus in June, that doesn't usually it means you're, you know, 
that you're not considering that school. Um, so there's a lot about June that's important. Yeah. You know, and, and some of these guys might be, I want to say a plan B, but if something doesn't work out, all of a sudden they can bring this guy in now um, for a visit. So there's a there's a pretty good method to the madness. Um, like they're going to bring in a defensive back this week out of Kansas that doesn't have a Nebraska offer yet. Um, you know, so there, there's a lot of just of that going on. Uh, Kalen Barda is that defensive back out of Topeka, and he's going to be in here midweek for an official visit without a Nebraska offer because they've got other defensive backs that have already come in that are kind of their priority guys. Interesting. Also, uh, we had a 2025 quarterback in here, Alex Mansky of Algona, Iowa. He Hold that a, thought. That that we're talking that in our our next segment. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll have a full breakdown on him. <laughs> You want to take your Alex Mansky beating now or in segment three? Um, well, let's wait till three. Hey, they uh, they got a three. and then the other opening headline from recruiting. They, <laughs> wow, Sean! They they right, got go a punter. Yes, they did. Yes, Camden Cook, and familiar name. He came to the now. Did you get to eyeball him at all, Robin? Mm-hmm. Did you see any of the I kicker punters? No, I didn't. I didn't get to watch that. <laughs> We got two. Yeah, it looks like it looks like Robin might be in for a beating. Too. I go out of town. Look, I watched the entire first camp, including yeah. several new offers that popped up. We were all over it. Stone Saunders was there. Yeah, Stone. I go out of town. You don't watch Alex Mansky, and you don't see the punter. Other than that, oh, yeah, I camp punter. Awesome. No, oh, I'm just giving you guys. No, I love it. I love it. No, we have. So what you I get have for it. going on vacation. I, I have, it's a business trip. I have it coming. We'll talk about that. No, later. Camden Cook, though. Camden Cook, son of Sam Cook. Yeah. Uh, 6'3", 190. I've talked to a lot of people that were at the camp, got to see him. And, you know, he's raw. He's got elite technique, though, and instruction from his father and then some of the people he's worked with from the Coles kicking places. His junior year was the first year he started as a punter. Mm-hmm. Um, he's made some tweaks and adjustments mm-hmm. in the offseason. Um, so, you know, as far as his steps and the techniques, he's, a, he's as good as you're going to find. Um, and he's only going to get better and better, I think, with you know working with his father and working with the people he's working with. Well, his dad, Sam, punted 16 years in the NFL. I, I'd almost regard him as the ultimate technician. I mean, he he uh, he could perform punts and and maneuvers that the normal person can't do. I mean, he would be a you know this kid knows what he's doing. You you know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. I mean, Sam. Revol- okay, I mean, can we just put it this way? Sam Cook revolutionized the position in the NFL. Um, so yeah, I mean, this kid's got to know what he's what he's doing. And you know what we learned from Bushini last year, Brian? They're always tweaking. They're always messing with their technique. Mm-hmm. There's a, they don't. It's not as simple as it looks to be able to execute at that position. There's different. There's a lot of different punts. There's a lot of different situations. And sometimes they just—it's just like a golfer. You just lose it, and you gotta—you gotta go to the range and work on it. Um, and you know what? What makes me comfortable about Camden Cook is he'll know how to do that, and his dad can help him. And he'll clean up a lot. You know that kickers camp continues to be a great deal in Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, Sam Cook was there to work. Alex Henry. Uh, Greg Zerloin, not a Husker player, but lives in Lincoln. Maher. Um, I coached kindergarten girls basketball this winter with Zerloin, by the way. I bet way. he schooled you right up, didn't he? <laughs> no, we were trying to wrangle in five-year-old kids. Um, and Greg, Greg played at UNO and then Missouri Western. Brett Maher. Brett Maher. Uh, isn't that freaky that Brett Maher and Greg Zerloin, two of the 32 starting NFL kickers, literally live within a mile of each other in Lincoln? It is. That is. I mean, that's – well, Yeah, it's kind of one of, the, one of those what are the chances things. Because you know. Maher's very – I see him all summer. Um, his kids do the golf camps and stuff. We see him around that stuff too. So they're they're both around town a lot. But all those guys come back, work that camp. Sandra was back. Sandra, Sandra DeAngelis, DeAngelis. yes. CFL, Grey Cup champion. Yeah. Sandra's a high school soccer coach in Millard. Hmm. Um, so Sandro, um, he was the guy right after Josh Brown. Okay. They haven't got – you know, Josh Brown, that's a name you don't hear much anymore, but he was a great NFL kicker. Yeah, he was with the Giants and then yes. had that uh, issue – and it kind of ended his career. But before that, he was a legit. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was as good of a kicker as there was in the NFL. And he had a great career at Nebraska, obviously. Remember remember when – I mean, he was so athletic that one spring they let Josh Brown try to play receiver. Right. It, it sort of fizzled fast. Yeah. It was quite a spring story, though. It kept us occupied for a few he days. He kicked and tried to play receiver. Yeah. It didn't work out no. in the end. but it was, He was athletic, though. 
Yeah. You know, and that all those guys, like Chris Brown played some scout team quarterback. I mean, yeah. he was a South Lake Carroll quarterback. Yeah. Sam Folds. He could have done yeah. it. Super, super, well, and I think super athletic. The Ravens, like, had, I mean, John Harbaugh said that they were intending to, to draft Sam Folds mm-hmm. to be the successor to Sam Cook. Isn't that interesting? So, yep. They had a kicker, um, and Bushini has two years left. Right. Our punter, excuse me. So he'll come in and redshirt and learn under uh, Bushini for a year and then ideally take over with four years to play for. Well, yeah, exactly. Seems like a good passing of the torch there. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of scholarship money to carry for those positions, but as we've learned, (laughs) don't take special teams for granted. They they win and lose you games. We've seen that. (laughs) We've seen that. Yeah, I don't know why Nebraska loses all those close games. Look how bad their special teams have been. Right. And what do we and yeah. And what do we talk about now in this new world that we're in in the Big Ten, UCLA, USC coming. Difficult schedule twenty twenty five, probably twenty twenty six, probably twenty twenty seven. Forever. Every year. Yeah, yeah. And the, I mean the specials become that much more important. Yeah, the line has never been finer. Right. Th- those guys become all you know what who else does? Long snapper. Think about this. Nebraska really hasn't had an issue at all with long snapper in three years. We haven't writ- written about problems at long snapper in the last three years. That's one area where they've been good. They had zero problems last year. Mm-hmm. Not one. Not one bad snap. Yeah, when you don't talk about the long snapper, right. that means things are going well. Oh, last three years. They, <laughs> last three years. They've been yeah, no when I show the recruiting film and we, we break down like the transfers and I go, this is Marco Ortiz. Hopefully this is the only time I'm talking exactly. about him. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. between now and senior day, that's the only Ding. time you want to hear. <laughs> Megan needs to get like a little graphic of every time Sipple does 100%. We're, 100%. we're at one right now. Well, I'll tell you what will make a head coach nervous is if if they're getting on the bus and the long snapper's not there. That'll make that'll make any head coach nervous. Where where the hell is Marco Ortiz right now? Where is he? We got to yeah. get him here. Now they'll have a backup, but come on. Well, think about Colorado 2019 when they didn't have a kicker available and they had to go into overtime with Isaac Armstrong. <laughs> Who hadn't kicked in years? <laughs> That's a bad deal. And you know they lost the game in overtime because they didn't have. Deal. I mean, and Isaac did what he could do, but mm-hmm. yeah. you know, you, you think about that game against Northwestern, they won. Mm-hmm. Um, Lane McCallum, who was injured, <laughs> he just snuck that I mean, thing through. His leg was injured. <laughs> oh, that was, it looked I mean, like Sean, just a knuckleball. <laughs> right. It was like the Dr Pepper field goal challenge. <laughs> I mean, that's what it came off as. The, that's what it looked like. <laughs> Let's bring out Lane. He gets a try for the Dr. Pepper field goal challenge. The tailgate all morning. Come on, Lane. Give me a hand. What a moment, though, for Lane. I mean, he was hurt, though. Like, it wasn't that. He it was. It was awesome. I mean, his leg didn't have full mobility. Yeah, right. He made it. That's yeah, all that matters. It. It was, it somehow eluded hands and got through. I mean, there. like, it just. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of those kicks, like, when it went through. Like, you didn't even, like, want to celebrate because you didn't feel good about it. You were just like, God, they got, oh, he got, he got yeah, that he, through there. He got the job done. Yeah. All right. When we come back, big week for Nebraska women's athletics. Let's We're going to bring in the authority of Husker women's athletic mm. coverage, Abby Barmore. She'll join us next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us you're listening to the husker online show your authority on nebraska athletics and we're back here on the husker online show sean callahan steve sipple robin washington always having good laughs on the off the air as we come back in but abby barmore joining us here the authority of husker women's coverage here for husker online as um i think she's going to get busier guys she's covering uh volleyball as well as anybody she does women's basketball for us obviously he's a big part of our football coverage uh, but it looks like Abby, you might be—I might be sending you some softball. Are you okay with that? Yes, I'll definitely be okay with going to some softball games. Actually, in fact, I'm sure there'll be a lot more people going to the softball games this year. Because? Because um, it, it's not official, official, but kind of—it's not official yet. But Jordy Ball, who was Oklahoma's pitcher for the last two seasons, and she won a national championship for them. <clears throat> She announced this week that she was transferring from Oklahoma to return home. 
She did not say she was committing to the Huskers or coming to Nebraska specifically, but this is her home. She is from Nebraska. She went to Papillion La Vista and is one of the greatest athletes to ever come out of Nebraska, the state. So it's a huge deal if she comes to Nebraska, and it seems pretty likely. I saw some comparisons, like somebody likened this to be like Caitlin Clark, like transferring from Iowa, like one of the most famous figures in her sport is now on the market and might come to Nebraska. Like, is this that level you think? I would say that I it's at that level and people have been trying to compare it because it's pretty rare for an athlete to win back to back national championships and then transfer out. It's like an Alabama quarterback wins back to back championships and then goes to Auburn or Mm -hmm. something like that. It's Mm -hmm. just totally wild. She, She was 44 and two. The last two years as a starter, twenty-two and one uh, as a sophomore, twenty-two and one as a junior, a point nine zero ERA this season. Yeah, she's dominant. She's dominant. It's not not. It's not like Nebraska's had. I mean, their softball program has made the NCAA tournament the last two years. She's just the type of player that what like I don't know. I don't want to maybe puts them over the top. She's a player that can transform this program. She's. An incredible athlete. She was the most outstanding player in the Women's College World Series this year. She had like 24 and two-thirds scoreless innings that she pitched. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like with her is that there are going to be athletes that look at Nebraska now and think, mm-hmm. well, heck, I want to play with Jordy Ball. The and so they're going to come. It's like yeah, the LeBron it's be James huge going to the Lakers effect when like the free agents decide to follow LeBron to his new team. I mean, that, that's what this could be. And I'm interested, like, the ticket sales. I mean, I've, I've got the map here for Bullen Stadium pulled up. It can accommodate 2,500 fans. There's 750 chairback seats there. I'm just going to go out on record right now and say they will have 2,500-plus. I was just say, is that going to be enough? At no. Just about every week. I mean, <laughs> you know, midweek, colder games maybe, but the weekend series games at Bullen Stadium, there is going to be a draw and the folks at Nebraska, I'm sure, are kind of probably going to strategize a season ticket launch because they're. I mean, this is going to. It's not going to be Nebraska volleyball, but it's going to be at a level we haven't seen for softball ever at the school, Abby. Yeah, it's going to be quite wild. And also, something that Jordy mentioned when she announced that she was leaving Oklahoma was that she wants to grow the sport of softball in Nebraska. And right now, a lot of young girls pick to play volleyball or basketball because they see volleyball being great here but once they see great softball i think a lot of them will want to play that sport and it'll there'll be a boom in girls softball i think what are this is the 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 dynamic that's really interesting to me is ronda ravel who is in her 60s i mean what a late career boost this is i mean she has i mean they've made 22 ncaa tournament appearances under her they've been to three women's college world series i covered one of her college world series teams right she's had success but it's waned a little bit she went through a she went through a bit of a scandal a couple years ago i'd say barely held on to the job and that's how they lost jordan ball there you go yeah Mm. she was already committed to nebraska before that and then she switched to oklahoma Mm. came out of that and and now look at this look at this late career shot in the arm it's sort of amazing. One, well, what a way to go out for someone that's given so much to the sport and to the state. You know, like she could potentially have two opportunities to go to the College World Series, and she is so well respected in the sport. So is Lori Sipple. Yeah. I mean, the the, the combination. No relation. Um, no relation. <laughs> I work out with Coach Sipple at Orange Theory, and, and she gets after it. I well, mean, she yeah, she was an Olympic. She was an Olympic pitcher. I mean, she was a high-level athlete. She's at 6 a.m. Orange Theory almost every – so, but, yeah, Lori Sipple's got to be the other happiest person in town because she's going to be able to coach Jordy Ball, who was committed to her. I mean, that was her recru- – that, that was their recruit that was going to come here. Um, but the transfer floodgates are going to come. I'm just intrigued, though, once again, by the NIL element of this. Like, you know, they can sell jerseys with her name and T-shirts with her name. And there will be a desire for people to buy those things, young girls. There's going to be a desire to buy more tickets and go out to that stadium. And I'm not saying softball is going to make a revenue, so to speak, but the attention Nebraska is going to get on this team mm-hmm. is going to change overnight. Yeah, it'll probably never be greater. And no fan base supports winners 
or in Nebraska. I mean, <laughs> or so even like any sport. losers sometimes. Yeah, even I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no they kidding. yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like that, I'm just like, obviously the the on field product is really exciting, but just like the scene of what that could be if they get her and then other big time transfers follow, and all of a sudden you have a national title contender playing down oh, the road. Incredible. I mean, that could be a major spectacle. All right. Abby, there's other big news this week. What? I kind of forgot about that. Um, <laughs> another homecoming, <laughs> another legend coming home. Yes, yeah, so this has been a huge week, as Sean has said several times, for Nebraska women's athletics. <laughs> the volleyball team hired Jordan Larson to be an assistant coach, and that is also incredible. She is someone that has learned how to win at every level. She's one of the best volleyball players from the U.S. That's a great photo. Um, and one of the best in the world. She helped lead the U.S. to their first Olympic gold medal in women's indoor um, volleyball. So this is a huge get for the Huskers, and actually Jordan's going to try to continue to play and hope for the Olympics this upcoming this upcoming year, 2024. So, um, yeah, this will be huge, and even for recruiting for Nebraska, what's what in a better way than to learn from one of the best to ever do it and learn about how to be a professional and succeed at that level than from someone that has done it grew, grew up in nebraska came to nebraska won a national championship won all kinds of awards and then now she's returning home yeah credibility comes the, that, that's the word that comes to mind for me if, if she addresses you if you're a player you and jordan larson addresses you about anything that has to do with the game it the credibility factors big in my mind. It always has been like if I were a player and, and I was coached by an NFL player like Terrence Knight, I would listen a little closer. I would, mm-hmm. and I think that's what will happen with her. You made you had a great line in your in your uh, what, what do you call it? Like three, takes. Yeah, three takes. Three takes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there, She's like an article. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, a story. <laughs> Never know. (laughs) You said I was going to give you a compliment. I still am. Okay. Grudgingly. Um, Abby, you had a great line. There's a reason both Nebraska and Team USA went to Larson for the final kill to win a national championship in Nebraska's case and an Olympic gold medal in the U.S.'s case. That's a great point. That, that doesn't happen by accident. She She's a dominant athlete, and I think she'll bring that mindset to all of Nebraska's players, but also how they run their program, even though it is dominant already. But she she knows how to mentally approach the game. She knows the pressure, maybe even greater than these athletes because she's played all over the world and all kinds of big matches. So she's going to add a lot to this program on the court, but also off the court. Well, she, she'll probably practice with the team. Yeah, she oh, actually, point, she mentioned last year that she was around the team because she was just training in the gym, um, getting ready for, you know, playing professionally again. So she could maybe just put on some shoes and get out there and show them how it's done. Well, in like 2000, for John Cook's first national title season, Nancy Mendering Medcalf was an All-American and sat out the 2000 season <clears throat> because she was on the Olympic team and had to train and recover from that experience. So she was scout team, and then they had a Chinese um, student assistant, Guajan Lee, who was on the gold medal Chinese team. And the two of those players practiced against Nebraska every day. In, mm-hmm. you know, He's in the Karch over there. I covered that team. Karch Karai. <laughs> Sean um, never forgets anything. And no. so that that was, you know, the other thing I want to bring up to Abby is this is all possible because of a new rule change. The NCAA is now allowing a third full-time assistant mm. And it, you know, it made it really difficult. Like when you can only have two full-time coaches. I mean, there's a lot of qualified people that could help volleyball, uh, but now they can have three, and that's why Jordan Larson is hired because Kelly Hunter is still a part of this staff. Um, you know, and, and they're, 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 who's their other assistant right now? Jalen Reyes is their lead assistant, and also he won a national championship at BYU for their men's indoor team. So this is a very this staff knows how to win. I mean, Kelly Hunter is also one of the greats. She won two national championships at Nebraska and was an All-American setter. So let's not forget about them. This is like a, a powerhouse staff that they have put together. Do you think, how much value do you think there is? Like, I mean, obviously John Cook carries a brand name in himself, but to have a staff like that, when you're recruiting at the level that he's recruiting, where you're getting the best players arguably in the world for their age, to have 
those voices alongside yours, like, I mean, say, hey, Coach Cook's busy. Go talk to Jordan Larson, <laughs> you know? Like, I mean, like, that seems like from a recruiting and development standpoint to be, like, significant. Where Nebraska volleyball was already the standard. Now, I mean, I just think there's very few programs in the country that can even come close to rivaling that. Rivaling that. It feels very like few. somehow they're growing their brand yeah, of which greatness. which it seemed impossible. Yeah, it's already at a super high level. And Jalen Reyes is actually, he's a he's one of their best recruiters. And so I think that's just going to get even better where they get these players, some of the best in the country, and then now they can make them even better because of the staff that they have and mm. how how dedicated they are to this game and how much they know the details. So it just seems like they're just getting better somehow, and it didn't feel like they could get to that level, but – I guess next up, another national championship. What's cool, when we talked about Ronda Ravel being on her end of her career, John Cook only has a few years left, and this is another boost for him and, and the great career he's had at Nebraska. But uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to shift back over to football recruiting. We're going to yeah. talk some 2025 quarterback and get Steve Sipple's full evaluation of Alex Mansky. Hey, I, I, all, all joking aside, I watched her film today. <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk 2025 quarterbacks and more next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. Before we get into some 2025 quarterback discussion, this segment, Steve Sipple, of the Husker Online Show is brought to you by who? Larson Motors, Sean. Larson Motors in Nebraska City. If you are looking for a new vehicle, you might want to go for a new experience in Nebraska City. Larson Motors is one of the Midwest's only dealerships with all the major brands in one location. One stop shop. Find your new Chevrolet, GMC, Hummer, Ford, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. It's never been easier. Just go to Larson Motors in Nebraska City. I can Real see. deals. I could see you in a Hummer, Steve. <laughs> I, 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 I like the sure? new sleek ones, like the like Do the you? original like first model ones that became I like that. available I to the public. Okay, like uh, military grade. Okay, <laughs> it's not. Yeah, I, I think about that. I like those Rams, Sean. All right, well, and well, I like Jeeps too. I've been looking at Jeeps. Um, so I might be taking a little trip to Nebraska they, City. The Larson boys are probably listening, and they're they're going to get you all fixed up down there. A Jeep. Think about a Jeep. Get me in a Jeep. Like a Good. take the top off Jeep? Yeah. yeah. Like, like California a Rubicon, guy? Like yeah. a Rubicon. Yeah. Like a full-blown. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I need something that gets through the snow. You know, it doesn't snow much anymore, but I still like the idea of having it. All right. I'm sure they got that covered for you down there. <laughs> yeah, Jeep, Jeep Rubicon. Let's get into um, some 2025 quarterback discussion. Okay. Because um, there is a lot there. We already got Daniel Kalen's already in 2024 quarterback. You know, they got him committed. Um, you're starting to look ahead, though. And, the, and it seems early, but it's not early because you've got to get a jump on what you want to do with that position. And it feels like Nebraska does have a jump under Matt Rule, Scott Satterfield for 2025. Stone Saunders out of Pennsylvania, four-star um, industry-rated quarterback. He kind of has emerged as the early name for Nebraska. He came back for a third trip to Lincoln this week. Um, and I think that was very notable. Mm. Um, but then a new story developed this week for Nebraska. They offered a quarterback out of Algona, Iowa, Alex Mansky. Robin, you're kind of an Iowa expert. Are you familiar with Algona, Iowa? I'm not, to okay, be honest okay. with you. I uh, actually didn't even know it was existed until I started seeing these recruits pop up. So It's about 250 miles from Lincoln. I did a little reconnaissance. Okay. Um, so very, you know, it's – Almost like you're going to Ames or, you know, it's north of Des Moines. It's, you know, it's further up north okay. in the northern part of the state. Okay. Um, but Algona, Iowa. And let me tell you, everything I've heard, I've seen, 
Alex Mansky is a real find, and, and Nebraska's got a leg up on this guy. Um, you know, he's got a Wisconsin offer, mm-hmm. but that was from the previous Paul Chris staff. It wasn't from the new staff. Mm-hmm. Then he had a Pittsburgh offer, um, but Pittsburgh has kind of a method where they offer everybody, and then they try to get you to visit campus. Mm-hmm. So there's really not as much weight in a Pittsburgh offer necessarily. Um, the Nebraska offer to me carries weight because he came to campus, he worked out, they had a great deal with him live and he's coming back again Saturday. So Alex Mansky will be here twice over a seven day period. Mm. And I predict he will blow up. He's going to get a lot of teams. Uh, when we talked over the weekend, um, I, I said, I'm just curious, Alex, what, after you had visited Nebraska, you know, how, how, you know, how many other teams kind of came in and, and offered you or talked to you. And, you know, he had several teams come in and, you know, visit with him, Teams like Miami and you know. Oh, I can see it. A lot, a lot of programs around he, the country. Yeah, he's an intriguing player. You you got to watch about six minutes of his film to see. He he's intriguing. First of all, the first throw he makes on the film is a is a sixty yard dart. Dart. I mean, he he can really throw it deep. Okay, that's number one. Number two, I like him. I like quarterbacks like him because he's one of those guys that can kind of throw it like a shortstop too. You know, if he has to stop. If he has to stop, plant his back foot and throw a little sidearm, he can do that. He's he's got a great feel. He can run a little bit. He's a, they they say he's pro style. He's listed that, but he can run it a little bit. He's just really good under duress. I mean, if there's a pass rush, he can elude it. He can find he can find enough time, and he doesn't need a lot of time because he's he's got one of those quick releases like a like a second baseman turning two. He he can do that. Now also though. He can just classic five-step drop and gun it. I mean, he's – I totally understand why Nebraska coaches are excited by Alex Mansky. Yeah, I, to kind of give you an idea, when he got the Nebraska offer, within hours he heard from Miami, Florida, Virginia Tech, Kansas, and Notre Dame. Yeah, watch wow. it. I mean, watch him. He Had just, not heard from those teams before that. This week he'll camp at K-State, Iowa, Missouri, Minnesota – Oklahoma and Missouri, or I'm sorry, Oklahoma is another team that's kind of involved. So, you know, he he he's going to get more offers here this week. But yeah, here's some here's some good. Well, yeah, we're looking at sophomore tape here. I mean, that's a sophomore. That's a that's a big time player. That's what that is. He's playing college football. I mean, it doesn't take a. You don't have to be Mort to see it. Mort, remember it's like him? Josh Allen. <laughs> oh, I don't know. No, I don't look at him like. By that. the way, you're, you're still getting killed for the Lamar Jackson. Um, yeah, I went to a little too far on that. He, l- last week, Sipple said that. Now, what did I say? Jeff exactly? Sims is a better thrower than Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I think he's polished. <laughs> yeah. hey, I mean, I, I get the Rob, reference. Yeah, Rob, like, help me out. So Rest I've, I've in peace, the comments. So, uh, Sipple's not the only one that has used Lamar Jackson as an example. I don't know if he's a better passer at this point, considering he's a. MVP quarterback, but uh, I get what you're saying. Like, what about Mahomes? Dynamic <laughs> athlete. <laughs> All right. I don't know if I was. I don't know what I was trying to get at there, but he's, he's. I don't know. He's a. He's very intriguing to me because of his arm strength. That's. I'm just gonna say that. So how about Algona with Mansky, Jack Limbaugh? I mean, like, oh yeah. How are they producing just this like elite level power five talent? I've never even heard of them before. I think that's a little school. I mean, I'm watching that film and you know, it's one of those schools where they're playing games where you can see the back, you can see a TV in the house by the field. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? Like you can sit on a patio and watch a game. Jack Limbaugh is a Husker legacy. Yes. His father, Jack Limbaugh played for Nebraska as a walk-on, but his mother is Amber Holmquist. Okay. Remember so, the volleyball player? Uh, absolutely, oh, yeah. I remember Amber Holmes. Quick. Now Stone Saunders is a little different. He, he's not. Oh, he, first of all, he plays a higher level of football. Stone Saunders in in Pennsylvania, and he was the Max Preps Pennsylvania Player of the Year. Now Player of the Year in Pennsylvania is saying that's no joke. No, he's more technical. He look. He looks more technical to me. He's less apt to improvise. Mansky, I like him because he'll roll out of there and, like, like I said, kind of throw it sidearm sometimes. You don't see as much of that from Stone Saunders. And Stone Saunders, by the way, 
throw if you watch the tape, he's thrown a number six all the time. And if you look up number six, that's Rico Scott, and he's committed to Alabama. So he's got an Alabama. That helps. Guy to throw. Yeah, yeah, it really helps. <laughs> and I saw Saunders at uh, the camp. You did? On, yeah, so he was there on Saturday. He watched him, so. Yeah, so. What'd that look like? I, I mean, Seriously. The, the pool of players, you know, it kind of was what it was, but he was by far the best, as you would expect, and just looked like a natural out there. You know, he just had, had the zip on the ball poised you know had a little bit of a swagger to yeah. him and so i mean he looked every bit what you would expect a four-star recruit to look like yeah. and so you know he's he's not like the most physically you know imposing type guy but you know he, he looked like a guy that that carried himself like a high level quarterback recruit yeah six one one ninety five. i think that yeah six one one ninety five is stone saunders uh-huh. of harrisburg pennsylvania and mansky six three two oh five so that's he's a, he's a smaller guy, but you know, yeah. as far as polish goes, he's yeah. got it. Oh yeah. Well, if you're Iowa though, can you let um, Mansky get Mansky? out of the state? Ah, I know. I'd say no, no. That's my answer. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I'm saying. Deal. And you know, the fact, well, the timing of this is really good. Rule, new coach. Mm-hmm. There could be changes in Iowa City. Yeah. You know, we don't know that, but it mm-hmm. feels like things could happen there. So. They could pluck this guy at I, and, and you know he's he's been to Iowa games. He's on their radar, um, but give Matt Rule and Satterfield a lot of credit. They offered, mm-hmm. you know, they it's it takes guts to make kind of an early quarterback offer to a guy that's not, you know, the trendy seven on seven superstar quarterback. Guy, yeah. You know, like a guy that's getting a lot of recognition because he goes on trips every weekend. I mean, this is this is old fashioned recruiting right here. Yeah, you could see it though. He pops. I mean, it's, he's, he's an interesting prospect for sure. I could definitely see it. All right. When we come back, we're going to take questions in the mailbag. Abby Barmore will rejoin us. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. Let's welcome in the world-famous Abby Barmore rejoining us. It's a two-segment Abby day. It's a big day. Big day, big day. All right, mailbag <laughs> time. Where are we jumping to first? Okay. Which group do you think will be most improved as a unit this season? Season running backs or wide receivers? Oh, man. That's a hard question because Trey Palmer did so much a year ago, and you know there were moments with Anthony Grant, but I think, I think running back top to bottom will be more consistent. Yeah, I mean, I think just that's the most proven commodities or at least more known commodities the running backs uh, i think so so do they need to improve as much well they didn't finish strong they started strong and then anthony grant kind of got yeah. overused so my, my point was you got guys that you think are going to be good but you know like grant is by far <coughs> the most productive out of those and he like sean said fizzled out so that's kind of how i'm going but then wide receiver fizzle out yeah i think so okay we made comments about how his legs looked tired yeah, at did. the end of the year just because he didn't have that number two right. after A.J. Allen went down. So I guess to okay. that question, I think with the need for the running game to <clears throat> be more productive and consistent, that, that I'm going to say okay. running back. You, you persuaded me. I'm going to say – I guess I'll say running back. I do think, though, the receiver position could be more diverse or just – more more guys contributing than we saw a year ago. Yes. I mean, it was way, way more. It was way more. I mean, think about the Purdue game. Right. Yeah. It was great to watch Trey Palmer, but you know, Nobody not much else. else was going on. Right. They leaned hard on Palmer. Will they lean hard on anybody like they leaned on him? Maybe Billy Kemp, but it'll look a lot different because Billy Kemp is underneath a, routes. Yeah, he isn't a he isn't a field stretcher like Palmer. He can more volume. Yeah, he's a volume guy and he can stretch the field. I don't want to say he can't, because he, he catches balls over his shoulder on film at Virginia, but no, he's not that he's not, no, he don't run. He doesn't run like Trey Palmer. No, nobody on the roster does. You win games off eight yard catches on third and seven. And I think Billy Kemp will be good at those plays. Okay. All right. What do you got next? Ab? Okay. What game do you give Nebraska the biggest percentage chance to win and the biggest percent chance to lose? Let's say big 10. Big yeah, 10. Big 10. Oh, I thought Louisiana tech. Okay. Yeah. Big 10. That's the, let's take Michigan out of the, the equation. Yeah. I think, I think we'd think all that, say Michigan. Yeah. Okay, so in the Big Ten, the uh, I'll say Purdue for the best chance to no, win. Oh, really? They, they, they just well, I know in the chat, the in the chat, the guy said uh, take out Northwestern for wins and yeah. take out Michigan for losses. So, okay, let's narrow it down even further. 
I'll say Purdue. All right, you um, saying Purdue? I mean, they lost their coach. I'm, I'm with Sean. I think Purdue's the most winnable game on that. They season. lost a ton of players. I mean, I just read an article yeah, that they I'm, added two I'm... transfer portal tackles from in an NAIA school. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they got yeah. some issues. They they I, need I, Hudson Card to be like Tom Brady for them to have a chance. I, I hate. Yeah, and that, I, I still scratch my head over the choice of Ryan Walters yeah. as head coach. Nothing against him, but I mean, come on. Now I grudgingly. I grudgingly have to agree with both of you. I guess it's Purdue. That's a Hard, tough schedule. That's a tough schedule. Hardest game to win, I'm going to say at Wisconsin, November 18th yeah. in Madison. Yep. Yeah. That's what I said on the chat. Illinois is up there. Yeah. I, I, my pick's Wisconsin as well. But the fact that it's a Friday night coming off yeah. Michigan. Oh, yeah. Illinois is just tough. They're a tough team to they win. They beat you up. What about Minnesota? Yeah. Uh, it's close. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's close. Yeah. They, they have the advantage of the unknown, so there's just that element that no other game they're going to have that. So just degree of difficulty, having to play Illinois and their physical style coming off that Michigan game on a short week, that's, that's just a tough draw. You know what's going to be unique about that opener? Both teams will huddle. Minnesota yeah. and Nebraska will huddle. So doesn't happen very often anymore. The greatest anymore. percentage win – is Purdue. The reason I say it, now some people are going to say, oh, simple saying that the schedule's tough. No, it's not. Yeah, it, the Big Ten schedule's tough. I, I, if that's the greatest percentage win, I guess, other than Northwestern, Purdue, uh, Purdue's beat you, beat, beat you last year. I mean, I, I still think they're going to be different. After those two games, what would be the next one? I mean, would it be Maryland? <laughs> I guess Maryland, but Maryland but scares you because of their skill. You get and Maryland. And their quarterback. You get them in Lincoln the week after they play Penn State. That helps a lot. That's a, I mean, so the timing of that game. I do think Michigan State, it's early, but you know they're, they're not as good. I mean, that receiver they lost, mm-hmm. he has a second-round grade. Oh, boy. Michigan State. Lost a starting corner, starting receiver, and their starting quarterback. quarterback. Yeah. Peyton Thorne. What do you got next, Eddie? Okay. Every team in the West has some major holes to fill. Would it surprise you if Nebraska was in the running with two weeks to go in November? In the running? To win the West. Hmm. They got to win the Minnesota game to be in the running, I think. Okay. I think if they can win that game early, then it's like you're ahead on your monthly bills, you know. You, <laughs> but if you lose that game early, you're just going to feel like you're in the hole the whole year. Yeah. yeah. And hmm. Nebraska has not gotten ahead in the Big 10 since the last time they went to a bowl game, really. I really can't disagree with you. I don't like to do that. I don't like to put so much I, I I'm always resistant of putting so much stock in one game that it affects your season. I just like to think that that teams are more are mentally tougher than that. That they can lose a game at Minnesota and come back and be okay. But you're at the end of the day, Sean, this program is kind of it's shown it's that flimsy. That, it's pretty flimsy. Yeah. I mean the Northwestern game last year, we all set in the Illinois game the year before. I mean you think about yes. th- Three straight years yeah. opening with Big Ten opponents in the Western Division. Yeah. Nebraska's lost both those games. They were favored, by the way, in both those yeah, games. And, and you can't say that that loss at Northwestern in Ireland didn't affect him. It oh affected him. God, Changed the whole season. Him. Yeah, it affected him. It did. I'll never forget. I mean, I'll never forget running into Chenander outside the stadium the Tuesday after we got back from Ireland, and the fear, the, the fear in his eye was real. It I mean, was they about lost to North Dakota. Yeah, I mean, they ended up making it look better, but that game was a close to being a loss. It was yeah. real. I asked him, so you guys all right? You know, you, you got it? <laughs> he didn't really. The answer wasn't like, I remember I remember talking to Sean afterwards. Like, I walked away from that going, I think they could be in trouble, Sean. They could, I think they could be <laughs> Kind of trouble. a deer. He just kind of had a deer yeah. in the headlights. Yeah. yeah, he knew. Yeah. What do you got? Yeah, ne- he knew. That's right. What do you got next, Abby? Okay, so this question is from Twitter. The original question was, if there was one thing that had to happen for the Huskers to win eight games, what would it be? Oh, boy. So what if we just eight change games. it to, like, the top three things? Because that might be easier. Hmm. A 4-0 start. Okay. I think that's, that goes back to your point. Beat yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. Good Beat good. Minnesota you, changes everything. Nebraska hasn't won three games in a row since 2016 as a football program. I was thinking more granular, like what has to happen in ter- on the field. What I mean, does Sims have to complete sixty percent? He's got to stay healthy. Sims has to stay healthy and raise his completion percentage and cut down on on interceptions. That's what I would say. The offensive line has to take that a step. Might be the big, that might be the one. I mean, that might be number. One. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I put that above Sims. Right. I think kicker too. I mean, they got to make sure they have a kick. I mean, you, 
you, you have it's to gonna come s- down to it, just the special teams in general. Special teams in general. Like they're not good enough to to not have a good kicker and win. Like those points in these got kinds of games make the difference. Oh, and yeah. Whether it's Alvano or Bleak Road, I think it's going to be Alvano, but obviously they'll, they'll, that will play out. No doubt. Yeah, and Buccini's big in the conversation, too. I mean, that really, if you're a Nebraska fan, you take a lot of comfort in having a, a consistent so the, punter that can change the field. The line right. has to be better. Sims has to stay healthy. And the special teams need to be good all That's year. good. Yeah, those are good ones. Final question. Okay, so we're currently in the middle of camp season right now. So what is the best player – that you discovered during a camp or kind of maybe brought to the light that wasn't on the radar yet? I mean, there are several, like early in my career, Josh Freeman, for example, when he came to Nebraska's camp, okay, I created his profile and, you know, covered him, wrote the first articles back at Rivals. But two that really wow. jump out to me, Joe Burrow, um, I created his Rivals profile page, checked off his first offer to Ohio U, where his father was a coach. Really? And you know, helped him kind of get into the initial one of the rivals camps as a sophomore. Where was that? What? Where was the camp? Um, Do you remember? Well, he came to Nebraska, but just when he, he, you know, when he was coming out of high school, like we, we got him into the rivals camp and it was in Cleveland or Cincinnati. Okay. That's what um, I was wondering. But the one in Lincoln that still jumps out to me is Gabe Karimi. Um, ended up being an All-American offensive lineman at the University of Wisconsin. Um, got, he, he won the Outland Trophy. Mm-hmm. And he came to Nebraska's camp, did not have a Rivals profile at that time when I was working on Rivals. So I created the profile for the eventual gotcha. Outland Trophy winner. Yeah. And next thing you know, Nebraska never offered, which is still bizarre to me. It was Bill Callahan, Kevin Cosgrove. But Cosgrove actually knew that – Barry would offer this guy, and he'd go play for Barry. Okay. Um, years later, I talked to his family at the Outland Inner in Omaha, and the mom said, "He goes, Nebraska still should have offered. Like, we we would have maybe considered it back then. Mm. Um, but he was he was from like Cottage Grove, Wisconsin. Like, yeah. so, you know, one of those. That was literally where he's from. I believe it was Cottage Grove or something like that, Wisconsin. In fact, I'm gonna look that up. Check out. it up. Check it up. Manona, Gro- Man- Manona Grove. Manona Grove. Okay. I about got that right, though. That's pretty good. Got the Grove. Yeah. So I'll never forget. It was a Friday night lights camp. Not the big one with, like, Micah Parsons, but oh, okay. down the road. There was this tight end from Beatrice that, you know, was on Nebraska's radar. Um, hadn't had an offer yet. His name's Cam Jurgens, and he was far and away. He was a freshman. The best player at that camp. Was yes, he? he was a freshman, yeah. just catching everything in sight, like really? just one-on-one drills, just like look like Dallas Clark out there. So uh, I think that night is when he got the offer. It's like he played so well at that camp, and everybody was just watching him. It was like, holy cow, this guy's so good. And he ended up getting his Nebraska offer that night, committed eventually shortly after. He was competitive. Like when he – like we'd have those rivals camps and I would be in charge of getting the Nebraska kids to go back then. And then there was the five-star challenge. He really wanted to be a part of the five-star challenge. The camp was in St. Louis. He threw state shot and disc in Omaha on Friday, Saturday. Mm -hmm. And he skipped out on the medal ceremony on Saturday to get in his car, to get to St. Louis for the next morning. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's how driven he was. And he, he qualified to go, to the challenge that year in Indianapolis, but he, I mean, he was a very motivated. I mean, that's why he's making a lot of money playing the game of football. Yeah, well, no, no doubt, one hundred. Oh, I, I needed a hundred. One hundred. I about 100. nailed it. All right, what do you sip? No, Who? I don't. Ha- I haven't. I don't have enough camp experience to 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 do this. I just don't. I'm still new in the camp scene. I haven't covered enough of them. Um, I'm hoping Will. Anderson, okay. I'm hoping Will Anderson turns out to be. A Tell me, like star. your first vision story of like D'Angelo Evans, because. <sighs> Okay, it wasn't camp, though, I don't think. But, I mean, when he came in as a freshman, I'm talking, like, when he got to Nebraska, like, when you saw, like, a... The guy I remember most on that conversation is Amon Green. Now, I remember that vividly. It was strange, it was strange because Frank was letting us go out. Uh, we were really standing out on the practice field that day. I mean, there's, a, just a, there's only a few guys covering, covering at that time. And we're on those grass practice fields... Um, where the Cook Pavilion is kind of out in that area. And I'll, I always remember when they stuck him with the ones, Amon, I was like, look at Amon Green is with the ones. And he looked, he just looked, 
fabulous. Like a thoroughbred. Yeah. I mean, it was like, yeah, well, he, yeah, he definitely looks the part and look at him. He's, he can do this. So that's what I, that's the one I always remember. What I remember about D'Angelo Evans distinctly, and I don't, I don't want to disparage the man, but there was a time he got hurt and he, he, he said, come down to Wichita. I'm on my rehab. Come down and do a story on me. Um, so I did, and I got to the – he said, meet me at this high school track. And he said, you'll see I'm training really hard, and I'm going to be back this year. And I got, it was a really awkward situation. I got down there, and he was overweight. And I, and I really didn't know what to do. I, I mean, I just kind of wrote the story anyway, but he didn't look good. <laughs> it didn't look like D'Angelo Evans that we knew. You know, he just – he ballooned up. How do I look? You look great. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those deals. And he, when he, and, and, and that's, oh, simple. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a good picture. Oh my that's God. That's the man. In that season, in that season, he wasn't as good. I mean, he just wasn't as good. He, he had a hard time getting back. Was that 98 or 99? Probably 99, I believe. Well, then 99, he left. Yeah. I yeah. did a, uh, where that's are they? That's right. I did a, where are they now on D'Angelo? And this has been like, oh, 10 ish. Uh huh. 2010. He ended up going to Emporia State. That's right. He did go um, to Emporia State. And he said that he really regretted, like, just how, you know, impulsive he decided, you know, the way he left the program at that moment. Just yeah. How, it was a tough deal. I mean, because yeah. in the middle of the season. He, you know, he had a bad knee injury, and it just didn't, he didn't come back from I thought he had a sports hernia, too. Oh, it could have been that. Could have been. I thought it was a sports, like, the, you know, the. I, Sean, I think you're probably right. The athletic pubitis. Yeah, I think he had that little deal. Because you go back to the Big 12 championship game in 96. Oh, he's fabulous. He was better in that game than Ricky Williams and Priest oh, Holmes and Amon Green. Yeah, I remember the Kansas State game. He was he had a huge game at Kansas State. He was he just looked like he'd be one of the best running backs Nebraska's ever had. And then then got that injury, ballooned up, and wasn't the same guy. wasn't the same guy. Lost quickness. All right, when we come back, we'll close this uh, show. I want to talk some baseball and some basketball news of notes, but mainly the the return of Rob Childress and the other moves that Will Bolt has made. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online show, Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. Guys, I want to close with some Nebraska baseball discussion because a lot obviously happened there in the last week. Uh, Number one, Will Bolt parted ways with his pitching coach, Jeff Christie, former Husker, Lincoln Southeast product. Um, since all that's happened, the NCAA also added the third assistant coach. So he had two staff spots to fill. Now official, Rob Childress comes back to Nebraska in a pitching coach role. Mike Seriani, uh, former Creighton Blue Jay, Arkansas State player that was coaching at Wichita State, um, he is coming on as that third assistant. And and these are big-time hires. Obviously, Rob Childress, but Seriani is regarded as one of the better evaluators. I mean, he built a really, really good roster at Wichita State. I, I talked to a coach that was familiar with their roster, and he said it wasn't, it wasn't talent. I mean, Wichita State was a really, really talented team, and he was a big reason why. So um, two big-time hires by Will Bolt. Yeah, and they got he's got to get this right. I mean, Will, let's face it, he's missed the NCAA tournament two straight years, and I don't know if he want to play with that fire of missing a third. This has got to get going now. Mm-hmm. Um, so he injected some coaching talent into the equation. Rob, and with Rob, and I don't, I don't want to get into a bunch of statistics about what Rob did at Nebraska as Rob Childress did at Nebraska's pitching coach. Suffice it to say, he was the best pitching coach to ever come through here, and his, his numbers were incredible. For his staff's numbers were, were incredible in 2005, for instance. What I, what I think the value of Rob is – is I think he'll inject toughness into the equation. What what you heard about this Nebraska team is it's pretty talented this year. They didn't have they didn't have that sort of killer grit like Van Horn's teams had, which I thought Will's teams would have. Mm-hmm. Now, you could say Rob, come on, Sip, Rob was on the staff. Well, it's different. It's different when you when you're working behind the scenes, director of player personnel. It's a little different now when you move into the when you move into the hot chair, yeah. and it's hot. That's this is, I mean, I was kind of surprised he took the job. Now it's now it's fifty four year old Rob Childress going back on the road. I think. No, he won't start until July one. So, but that, he'll have to go on the road and recruit. An, another coach will be on the road to recruit in June. 
even if he's not on the road, it's, I mean, it's a lot, it's a different, now you're in the hot chair and you're, you got to win. I mean, it's, they got, they got to get it going now. The thing is with, with that position though, he's, he's one of the primary voices now. I mean, yeah, he, he's that's the, he's say. the voice of that pitching staff to where, you know, he was a complimentary piece right. before. Now it's his group. And, yeah. and that's where you guys can really start to make that that impression on your guys to where your characteristics, that toughness and everything that he's been about for yes. decades, mm-hmm. that translates to your players now because it's it's your room now. And I was told he very much stayed in the background. It wasn't like he'd be like, hey, Jeff, you're doing this wrong. Let me show you okay. how to – like he he was very aware and, and didn't want to do that. Okay. So, you know, it wasn't like he was pushing buttons back there for Jeff Christie. I mean, his big role, though, I know on game days – he was a great guy to have sitting next to Will Bolt when you're talking about managing a game. When you mm-hmm. have that kind of guy right next to oh, you, yeah, he's a, a college world series head right. coach. Um, but now he'll have full total control. I'm curious, like, can he re-resurrect like a Drew Christo and get him going? I mean, because this is a guy like p- players like that. There's too much arm talent on this team for it not to perform at a better level. And can can he can he get it out of some of those guys? Yeah, I mean that they had. I'm not, they didn't have a ton of arm talent. They had some. He's got to get more talent is what I think. He's, he's got to bring in more talent. Can um, they develop the pitching staffs enough to win the midweek games? There, there you go, Sean. I mean, that's really what it – I mean, they lost to six Summit League teams. Mm-hmm. Those are players that you would not recruit to Nebraska. And they, mm-hmm. those losses are why Nebraska was sitting at home in June. And that's pitching depth. Lack of pitching depth is, is generally what that is. So – I think it's about injecting fire and, and improving overall talent across the board on the pitching staff. How quickly can he make it happen? Got to make it happen pretty quick because they lose a lot. They're going to they're gonna turn over the roster to a large degree again, and that's just college sports now. Um, so it's, it's – now, I will tell you this. We'll get to Rob's basketball now. Bolt and Fred, I think they both got to make the NCAA events. I think they both do. I, I mean, if I'm the sitting athletic director, I just don't think you can let this keep going and still say to everybody on your, in your athletic department, hey, winning matters. I don't, I, some coaches will say, does it? Does it winning matter? I mean, don't, we got to play in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, right? and, I mean, with conversation with Fred, it's changed a lot since the last time he was truly on the hot seat mm-hmm. two off-seasons ago mm-hmm. where they restructured – you know the the terms of his contract reduced the buyout and yeah, uh, made point. it made it a lot more feasible to do in a year such as this. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying there's a line drawn in the sand with Fred, but there might be. You know, I mean, and, and I think yeah. with the progress they made, now they've set the bar higher. Like the expectation now is to to not just like hope to get to the NIT. It's like the NIT is like worst case yeah. to where you're firmly in the NIT and you're hoping to be a bubble team and make the NCAA tournament. Like that's that like the that's like the the where the low point is for expectations and for next season. They've scheduled smarter in the non-con they too. Do. Extremely. That, that, I mean, that's what's kind of killed Nebraska is the non-conference. Yeah. They're almost out of the NIT because you have to win so many more Big yeah, Ten you're games. Sub 500 going into January, like that's hard. That's hard to overcome. That they were an NIT team this year. The problem is they the were. non-conference took them out of it. Yeah. yeah, that Minnesota loss took – well, maybe not the Minnesota loss. They but they won have. enough key games. They would have had to win another one. Okay. I think so. Okay. That, that's what I have yeah. heard Nebraska was told. Now, as I was saying, I remembered you told me that. But anyway, now I'm not saying there's a line drawn in the sand, but I'm saying there's a lot of Nebraska fans that would completely understand if yeah. there was. It's a lot more was. justifiable yeah. if you're in that situation and they don't make the tournament. That's five years, zero <laughs> tournament appearances yeah, with that record. Like, right. that's tough. So, uh, well, re- real quick, just kind of recap the news that is with Nebraska basketball, and there's f- not much. Mm-hmm. They almost got a transfer from Dayton, who uh, Mike, uh, Mongolian Mike, Sharuv uh, jumps. I can't remember his name. Mongolian Mike. Mm-hmm. He committed to San Francisco. Not a surprise. Big Mongolian population out there. Okay. Um, Simeon Wilcher, CJ Wilcher's younger brother, he uh, got his release from North Carolina. There was about maybe like 30 seconds where Nebraska fans thought that he might follow his brother back to Lincoln. Didn't work out. He quickly committed to St. John's. Uh, and so now Nebraska has two open scholarships. Not really much movement. I think they're still sitting back and waiting for the right guy to pop, pop up. And 
with this, the t- portal deadline is closed. So okay. like, there's not like any traditional players that get the portal, but grad transfers, there's no limit. And so you're seeing guys like Rutgers point guard, Paul McKay, and a uh, familiar name, oh, Antonio yeah. Reeves with Kentucky, like he potentially could hit the portal. So, I mean, there's still high caliber players that are becoming available and could be coming available down the road. Nebraska's in no rush to take a guy. Has to be the right fit. Man, wouldn't Mulcahy be the right fit? Could be, but I don't think he's going to come there. Look okay. for St. John's on that one, too. Really? Patino oh. effect. He's going to get him going. They're yeah. going to get good quick. Oh, Our, you know they're going to get good. The he's big the guy news. I always say, you drop him anywhere. You drop Patino. They've got a billionaire yeah. funding their basketball NIL oh, right and now. Oh, they got Patino. And they're, With in New York, Patino. and they're in New York City. <laughs> in New York City. Good night. Look out. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up today's show. Uh, make sure you're on HuskerOnline.com. We'll have plenty of coverage over the weekend. Friday Night Lights camp uh, will take place. And then two more recruiting weekends for Nebraska before the dead period. So a lot of recruiting coverage. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe to us right here on the Husker Online YouTube page or on anywhere you find podcasts. For Steve Sipple, Robin Washett, Abby Barmore, I'm Sean Callahan. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. 